awesome, awesome. Please update your Facebook statement. Amen. Glory be to God. We don't have water baptism this morning because uh, we had a tremendous hailstorm here and messed up the pool a bit, so it's going to take a week or so to fix it. We, will, we did get hold of the, those um, that were supposed to. So next, week is, next weekend is a big one. We've got communion. We've got graduation. So we're going to shift. We're going to shift that. Yeah, congratulate all those students that made it through. A very tough year. Very tough year. We'll speak of that next week. But I wanted us to continue with this concerning rest and concerning um, just Psalm 23. I've done a presentation for you that's going to really help you this morning. So it's 13 slides that I put together, and they are found in Psalm 23. And so when you study the Psalms, Father, I thank you as it makes sounds, you make sense. Put a fresh anointing upon my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So when you study David, David's writing Psalm 22. He's writing Psalm 23. He's writing Psalm 24. It's really important to understand that. Because Psalm 22 deals with the fact that, that he, he is pronouncing and announcing that there's a Messiah coming and he's going to die a, a death. So he speaks to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of a Savior. That's in Psalm 22. In Psalm 23, he shifts the conversation and he brings it into that the Lord is his shepherd. So that's a different conversation. In Psalm 24, he deals with a soon coming king. He deals with the return of Jesus Christ. So if you study those three Psalms this week, go and just read them up and see how important it is for your study. So Psalm 22 deals with a savior. Psalm 24 deals with a soon coming king. But Psalm 23 deals with a shepherd. So Psalm 22 deals with your past. Psalm 24 deals with your future, but Psalm 23 deals with your present. And many people have gotten Jesus as their Savior, but they're clueless about Him being their shepherd. And we've just, you know, you grew up with Psalm 23, and you know, you had to say it in school, and you know, anytime as a child growing up, and, and, and. But nobody's gone and understood the power of Psalm 23. Because when you get Psalm 23, and you get Jesus as your shepherd, not just your Savior, now, being, having your Savior is vital because he, he's got the power over sin and death. So he breaks the power of sin in Psalm 22. But then he's got to go and show forth, look, if, if all you have is Jesus as your Savior, all you're going to need is a rescue every single time. So many people get stuck on Psalm 22 because they go and live in the world and they come back and they need deliverance again because they need a Savior. Because they stuck in sin. You know that Jesus died for you. Do you? He is your Savior, and that's good. But how about Him being Lord and the shepherd of your soul that you never ever have to live with condemnation again, never have to live under the grip of sin anymore? He's got that power. And so, as a child of God, you want to go and live with the understanding that the Lord must not just be your Savior. Many people come to church because they just want deliverance. But they find their happiness in the world. Or their desires in the world. That's what he says in Psalm 23. Put up the first slide, please. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, say, the Lord is my shepherd. But listen to the end game. I shall not want... That's why he's your shepherd. Because if he's just your savior, you are ready to go to heaven. But if you're still in the earth and you've not made him your shepherd, you keep desiring for things, wanting things outside of God. And you've not found your satisfaction in Christ. And so I can't get saved. Many people have, have switched kingdoms, but they've not switched systems. They've not understood that the Lord now must become my shepherd because I need him and his thoughts to rule over every decision that I make. I need him now to become Lord over everything. He decides my money. He decides relationships. He decides where, where I go. 
And, and when you're coming in as, your, as, as him being your shepherd, this is an important scripture. Many people quote, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. No, but you're desiring to start a bottle store. Will God give you the desire of your heart? No, that's not what the scripture means. It means that when Jesus becomes your shepherd, he then, when you spend time in his presence like we did this morning, and you do that every single day because he's your shepherd, he plants his desire in my heart. So he gives me. I don't get my desires from the world anymore. And so when you get saved for the first time, you've got so many things that you want, and a whole lot of it's got nothing to do with God. Because you don't know the shepherd. You know a savior, and you think that he's there to go and wave a magic wand over all that you want, and he's going to give you your Ferrari, and you're going to claim it, you're going to name it, and you're going to you know, confess it three times, and then you're going to have it. The devil is a liar, because God's not going to give you what you desire. He's going to give you his desire and plant it in your heart. I had all my life I wanted to be a businessman, an entrepreneur, never going to be broke. Not once did I think about being a shepherd in a, at a church. I couldn't even speak. Tw 20 years ago, I couldn't speak publicly. But when he started showing me that as my shepherd, when I started following him, and I started worshiping him, and spending time in the morning in his presence, he started showing me that I actually can't speak. I'm like, I can't. I'm a Moses. He says, no, but I've called you to do this. That freaked me out. For 18 months, I got sick. Because my desire, I had to kill. There is a time to kill. You've got to kill it. When you come into the presence of God, you don't go, when, when he's your shepherd, you don't go looking for things and saying, here's my shopping list. No. That's your need. And some of you are praying for needs every single day. And you're not getting it. Because where you're going to, you don't need that. God wants to shift you out of need into want. Want's got to do with desire. That means that when I come into the kingdom of God and the Lord is my shepherd, I, he puts his desire inside of me and then we walk it out together. And a desire fulfilled becomes a tree of life. Because now I don't desire anything in the world. I don't need to go and find business in the world. I don't have to go and beg anybody. I don't have to, you don't have to go and sleep around with anybody. You don't have to mess up your whole life because you, the, the problem with most people is why their lives are messed up and why they're anxious is because they're so focused on their needs. And they believe that Jesus, look, he can supply your need. But that's not what the shepherd's about. He's going to come to you and he's going to put his desire in your heart. And so, the desire to actually preach to people started coming. The desire to lay hands on people and to walk with an anointing, it was like, oh my God. And then he goes, so he, he puts, he plants this desire, and now I go to Bible college. And now I go for public speaking lessons. And so, if I'm getting it wrong, know that I'm still, I'm just a baby, so you'll forgive me. And I'm walking out this desire. And I'm in his presence. He's showing me a campus. He says, no church. There'll be a campus, but all activity around you. This is 14 years ago. He's planting desires. He's showing me vision. He's showing me who I am. And so that when I walk out this life, and he leads me. Because it started with the fact that I'm not going to want. Because he's my shepherd. So now when I walk it out, I come to the land and we're building things and things are happening all around us. A 15-year dream, there it is. And a desire, listen, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So that now he, he broke through the fact that I can speak. He's breaking through the fact that I can think and process a certain way. I did not qualify. I don't come from a family. My father could speak and he was really good at it. But inside of me, I just... A church? Like I must 
see these people every Sunday. And have a word for them every week. It's like, no. And he planted this desire to see lives changed. And it's become the greatest joy inside of me. When I see our sons and daughters break through. And come into all that God has got for them. You don't know, you can't pay me enough to do what I do. Where I come from, you can't pay me. My salary and all that has never been matched. But what God was working was not my need. He was working on my want. Because it was attached to my purpose and my gift. And so when I walk it out, I now walk with peace. I don't have the fullness of it yet. And, but we, I know that every day when I've preached and when I've done what God has called me to do, I go home satisfied. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And I don't want for a thing. He moves you out of your needs list into a desire fulfilled. And many people have not made the switch. Because they've got a list that they want this, they want this. No, they need this, they need this. And if you do not, if you've only come to church because you have a need for me to baptize you or to baptize your children or to get married and never go to a place of where you are satisfied in Christ, you're going to end up back in the world. Let's move on. You're getting quiet. The Lord is my shepherd. The goal is that you do not want you must have no desire inside of you for the world. Because everything that he's, he's going to do for you in your life will be satisfied in him. Let's go to the next one. Let's take, take, take me back one. Let me, just, let me just add this to the vision of the house. So when you understand that the Lord's called you to this house, then Pastor Max is your shepherd. I am an under-shepherd. I am not the great shepherd. But I'm under him. And there's a culture of the kingdom of God that we're establishing here that is purposeful. So the idea here is that you need to understand who, who I am to you as a shepherd. And if I'm your shepherd, then you are the sheep. And we need to have this relationship that understands that I'm here to build families and leaders and businesses. I'm here to build the kingdom, the campus, our youth. We're building um, economic structures and organizations, communities, and, 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 and in our nation. So when you get into this this place of the house, you know that there's an apostolic vision. There is a reason why you were, you were called into this place. And why we have an apostolic grace. You'll find me preach a certain way because if I'm your shepherd, um, um, an apostle means uh, a sent one. That God establishes things first. That means if you're the only one that's saved in your house, it's right. If you're the only one that's pressing in and you're the first to go, it's because there's an anointing that gets you to break through in this house because it's part of you being a part of this house. So you understand the shepherd. The apostolic people are called to build and to construct something. So God is constructing you in the season, not just as a, as a spiritual house, not just... Uh, for the fivefold ministry, but for the kingdom and its cause. Those that are called into government and the sevenfold, the, the seven mountain mandate. And so, um, I shall not want means that um, when you come into God's kingdom, He's going to make sure, and you, He becomes your shepherd, there's no gaps in your life. And so, in the ministry, we have. Um, People that are looking at different gaps, gaps for prayer. So um, if, if we need to pray in certain things or um, there's a financial need or, or, or food or whatever gap is in the ministry. As God expands the ministry, so um, we, 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 we're closing the gaps. We, we, we're fixing things so that when somebody walks through these doors and anybody's a part of this ministry, you're going to walk and you're going to be satisfied on every side because there are no gaps. Because as we grow, gaps appear. As we fix the gaps, we grow even more. Somebody say amen. I need to move on. So, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then he leads you beside still waters. So, green pastures, what, what are we doing? That means that um, the word of God is our standard. And so, there is a huge 
difference between growing grass and gathering sheep. One's got to do with evangelism, that you will bring people into a place. But we as a ministry, through the academy, through Kingdom Academy, leadership, business, we're growing grass. So that people anywhere across the globe can come and they can graze on a specific word in a specific way so that it will touch your marriage, it will touch your body, it will touch your children from click ministry to leadership to the Kingdom for Change Academy to the For Change Foundation to everything that you need from business and we can develop you in a place that you will never need to go into the world to fetch anything. Because when we're giving a word, you must remember that hearing the shepherd's voice and the season of where to graze is vital for your well-being. There's some of you that don't like certain word in the season. No, but you need it. It's like, you know, you, you, just want, you just want some dessert. But here's some broccoli. And here is some, I know you don't like the beans and the peas, but you need that thing for a balanced meal. So as a shepherd, there are days I'm going to press you to do certain things. Sometimes it's giving more. Sometimes it's serving more. Sometimes it's an overnight press that you need to do. A season of, and then there are seasons when I need to give a word called rest. Because I know as a shepherd, when God is speaking to me about certain things, I've got to lead you to certain pastures so that you can give, get a certain word. And for many people in the body of Christ, hear me across the globe, many people are struggling because you keep on grazing in everybody's fields. And now your machasir. Yeah, now, 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 now you're feeling sick. Because you've been eating on the stuff that you just want. I just want the prophetic word. I want to sit of the prophets. Listen. The shepherd. If the Lord's your shepherd. He won't skip the country. I'm just saying. Because you keep on looking for a prophetic word. He'll never leave you. Because now the, now the enemy comes after the sheep. You strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered. Stop. If, if you have the Lord as your shepherd, he'll never send you to somebody who is a wolf. He'll fleece the people. Let him come and stand trial and find out if it's true. Anyway, you know, shepherds make mistakes. I've made plenty along this journey. Poor decisions. But you don't leave. You don't run. Where do you go to? If you're a true shepherd, let me get on this. You must first have Jesus as your shepherd before you follow the under-shepherd. You are not supposed to be just listening to your, the, the prophet's voice. What does the good shepherd say to you? My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I can tell you now that where I come from, Pastor Ray was my, was my shepherd. And when God spoke to me and said, you need to start a church, I fought this thing. Because I loved him, and I still do. But I was called to do something. I can't stay there because they offered me a pastor's job. They said, don't go. We're going to raise you up as a pastor. I can't follow you. I've got to follow what the good shepherd gave me. Because the Lord is... So my sheep hear my voice. So his word is not negotiable. We're never going to take you to a place where we're just going to have, you know, chakalaka sing the whole time and there's no meaning to anything that we do. There's going to be a reason, there's going to be word, and there's going to be an establishment of God's word in your life. So we become accountable for this. I don't just give anybody the mic and seasons when I can't, you know, we have our conferences, but after that it's like every week I've got to preach, I've got to teach and help you come into your destiny. But it's, um, we, 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 we're growing grass. So no matter what you're dealing with, you can face it and you can come through. And the idea is that you can find green pastures and then be led through by still waters. Let me move on. Hallelujah. So he leads me beside still waters. Here's the thing with sheep. They never graze at running waters. Sheep will move away from anything that's got too much drama. Sheep don't graze there. It's in the meadows, a bit of still waters, 
it's important for me as a pastor, and as your pastor, and if you're following Jesus, he's never going to lead, lead you to places where it's drama every week. It's deliverance every week. There's a place where you must be restored and a place you must be refreshed. He leads you beside still waters. He leads you there. He's going to lead you. You must be okay that he can lead you. Not, you know, I, I, I want to go, I, I, I want to go here and I want to go there. You know, he's going to lead me. He leads me beside still waters. That's why for leadership, you'll find, it speaks about when they were building the temple. It says that they would take all the stones that was needed for the temple and they would go to a quarry and they would chisel these stones at the quarry so that when they brought these stones back, they just quietly fitted into the temple. There was no chopping and chiseling in the temple because this was supposed to be a place of quiet. A place of when God, some of you need to know that God's been developing you in the private. So he's going to come and slot you in into his plan and to his purpose. You should have gotten happy right there. Because that's the good shepherd. I know you're going through your crying times. I know that it's trying for you. I know that you are challenged. And you know that God is dropping certain things and moving certain things out of your way and certain relationships. What is God doing? He's preparing you because he's your shepherd. When he tells you to let go of certain things, it's because God wants to slot you into his plan, into his purpose. Now clap your hands. Come on. Is there anybody that is understanding that God is working with you? So he's leading you beside still waters. That means what we're doing over here through the worship team and through all the leadership is at times of refreshing is found in the presence of God. Like a sheep that never grazes near troubled waters, so a soul is never restored by troubled waters, but by still waters. The purpose of your life is not to stir up the waters of offense and strife, but to ensure that we can come together, stay together, and work together. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, let there be no strife between us. Say, pursue peace and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's why we come into the house of God. We make right with one another. Why? We're looking for still waters. And everybody said, amen. He restores my soul. That's the next one. He restores my soul. You see, anytime you look at any, any single person that, is big, that Jesus is their savior, but not their shepherd. Huh. He's your savior and your spirit got saved. But he's your shepherd because his target is your soul. And everyone has got a hole in their soul. You were born that way. God purposely made, that, made it that way. He placed eternity in their hearts. So in the whole of your soul is like that cross. It's a gap. When you meet with the shepherd of your soul, he begins to put your soul together and he plugs that gap. If you never have him as your shepherd, you will go in and look for sex, you are going to look for things. You will look for all kinds of approval from men to try and fill the gap. And you will never be satisfied. Because the Lord has got to become your shepherd. And when he is seated in there, I'm telling you, many of the single people, when Jesus is the love of your soul, you don't need a man. I'm going to get happy when he comes. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You, you, you go home and you are satisfied. And, and the reason why people are sleeping around, doing what they're doing, and even those that are married, listen to me. If Jesus is not the lover of your soul and you get married, you still go looking for other lovers. Because you're looking to fill that gap. The gap is not filled because you're married. The gap is filled because he's your shepherd. And until he becomes your shepherd, you go running, looking for jobs and looking for needs. I've seen some of the people, some people with the most beautiful houses, but the most miserable in their homes. Because the Lord is not their shepherd. 
You, you, you keep on looking for another woman and another woman. She's Proverbs 31 this week. And then next week you come and you put again on Facebook, oh, yes, Proverbs 32. You need to stop, buddy. You need to stop. Now you're on to Proverbs 45. Stop it. Just stop it. Tell your neighbor, just stop it. Say, I'm not speaking to you. Just, just, just stop it. Say, we're all going to stop it. Just, just rubbish. Because what you're looking for is somebody who will love you for who you are. And Jesus knows everything about you and loves you the way you are. Beloved, I pray that you, and I pros, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Man, I've, some miserable people around, but they're saved. I've got to impress you because I've got to go to gym. Can you see? Can you see? But deep down inside, Jesus is the love of your soul. He must, you must let him restore your soul. I, you know, this is about six months of teaching I'm giving you in one sitting, so let's just run quickly. Let's move through this thing. What's the next thing? He leads me into paths of righteousness. How many times did I want to go back to work? Because I had no money. How many? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm an educated man. I've studied. I got diplomas. I can up my game. I can change my skill. I can go back into IT. I'm going to make a lot of money. I can immigrate and go to another country. My skill, I can, I can change it. Write some apps and go and work for Bill Gates. I could do. I can. But when I'm standing as the shepherd with the shepherd of my soul and there are paths that I have to take, I've got to allow him to lead me into a path because of my destiny. And if it's not your shepherd and only your savior, savior, you make the choice and he doesn't. And why many people are struggling today is because they've taken a path and it's got nothing to do with their destiny. It supplied a need for the season, but you still broke on the inside. Parts of righteousness. What does it mean? Righteousness in the kingdom of God produces a culture where all things become possible. So the goal of righteousness and why you take a certain path with the shepherd is because um, everyone, when the Bible says, in righteousness you are established. Greater the peace of my children. That's why I pray for my children. You must pray for yours as well. Greater the peace of my children. I speak about just natural, but spiritual as well. Greater the peace of my children, for they've been taught by the Lord. In righteousness they are established. They far from oppression. The reason why people are under oppression is because they're not walking in the path that God has ordained for them. You've taken a wrong exit, and are skeletons of depart. They're thieves on the road. And it's messing you, and these guys are oppressing you. Now you're having to hang out with all kinds of people because you never followed the good shepherd. The idea of why we bring you into the ministry and why we say to you, Ronaldo, don't go in that direction. Don't go back to Egypt. Rather go down this road is because at the end of the day, this is going to make sure that you will lack for nothing and that there's no enemy that will oppress you, that you have no competition, that you're going to walk in dominion. You're going to get your money. You're going to get your family. You're not going to lose your health while you're on this path because God doesn't do that. He's the good shepherd. He's not going to give you a great business and take your family. And make sure that you can sing so well, but when you're 50, Michael Jackson, they take your life. It's a violation of the kingdom. When you come into the kingdom of God, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. And I need this church to say yes and amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. What's righteousness? God's way of doing and being right. God's got a way. God's got a way. For next year, don't say, I want to study this. Don't, don't, parents, don't tell your children they can become anything they want to be. You lie. Now Randall has to tell them at idols, you can't sing. Let me tell you the truth. Why don't you tell them the truth? Why don't you pray over their lives? Why don't you pray and fast for them? Why don't you tell them, this is not you, this is who you are? Jesus is Lord. When you come in here, I'm not trying to make you like me. I'm here to make you the best version of you for God. The, all our systems are designed 
for me to introduce you to you. Because you don't know really who you are. I didn't know I was a speaker. I didn't know I was a preacher. I didn't know that this, I, I just had some vague idea. I, 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 I could make money with my, my, with my skill. But who I really, really was, that I'm happy with, that I don't need no applause from anybody, that I don't need, no, no, just satisfied in God. God will introduce you, a good shepherd will introduce you to you. I have to move on. For whose namesake? He says, for your namesake. Lead me into this path for your namesake. Here's the deal. Everything we do in this church is as unto him. Galatians 4 verse 9, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That's the goal. Until you begin to understand that I'm more than a flesh, I'm more than an education, I am in Christ, and if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, all things have passed away, all things have become new. I begin to establish myself and find rest for my soul in Christ. That's our goal. That's the goal. Everything we do is to extend the kingdom of our king and to bring glory to his name. And the church said, we go, we build, we sing, we teach, we preach Christ and his kingdom as the only answer to a lost and a dying world. That's all they need. That's why we're going to lift up Christ for eternity. In this church, when you come in here, it's not about my gift. It's not about, it's to make sure that Jesus is made famous. I need somebody. Come on, somebody. You need to clap your hands this morning. And come on, make him famous this morning. Make his name famous this morning. The end game is that not you do you. Boo. Christ in you. Is where the enemy's got no answer for your life. Christ in you. Next one. Valley seasons. When you walk through the valley, this is what the ministry does. You know valley times come. You know that you need to walk through it. It's a place where we grow. It's to help people through valley times. It's guaranteed it's coming. We are here to make sure that we can help you through whatever valley season you are in. I need to move on. Next slide. I missed something. Did I miss something? Oh, Lord. Oh, here we go. Thank you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is it for? It's two different instruments. One is for correction, and two is for direction. If the Lord is not your shepherd, this doesn't bother you. The Lord can't correct you. The Bible says whom God loves, he corrects. What kind of a son would you be that God can't correct you? If God can ever tell you that what you said there was wrong, can you go and apologize? Can you repent? If you've never ever made a correction in your life as a born-again believer, you, the Lord's not your shepherd. Because if God is your shepherd, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will always be repenting. Every day, I'm making right, I'm going to have to fix this, that attitude, got to fix that sullenness, got to get up. Come on, some of you, you, you need to stop sucking that lemons because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can't come into this church and ever remain the same. You can't. You can't. You might have come here for a girlfriend. Yeah, because your, his rod and his staff will... You, you, know, you know what a comfort it is when God corrects me. If God's not correcting you, you are in real trouble. If God has never spoken to you and told you that what you're doing is not right, you are in real trouble. If God's voice is no longer there, you are in real trouble. When God speaks to me, when God gives me a new direction, or he brings in correction, I find comfort. God is still speaking. When David got into sin and lost the baby, when the baby was lost, he got up from him and says, now you're getting up after all this time. David found his correction, God correcting him as comfort. He lost his baby, lost things, but his relationship, the Lord is my shepherd. And I need him to speak to me. I need him to direct me and I need him to correct me. And hands are going up right now just saying, Lord, you are allowed to correct me and you are allowed to direct me. I am not my own. Because the Lord, you are my shepherd. Hallelujah. Be okay with correction and to be given fresh direction. 
We're here to serve. Remember Hebrews chapter 12 says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Can you handle correction? That's why on the worship team, if you can't handle correction, you mustn't be on stage. You must get off. Because you're going to get yourself into trouble. And you're going to hurt others. You must be okay with correction. In leadership, you must be okay with correction. If you're a son of God, you must be okay with correction. God tells you to get up from where you are and go somewhere else, so do whatever. You must understand because um, you must be able to handle correction and you must be flexible to be given direction. So, let me, let me move on. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Preparation is everything. Our culture here is to prepare you for what's to come. We've shifted a whole bunch of resources onto the agriculture side of what we're doing this last season because something is coming. Now, if I don't, if I don't follow the shepherd, if I'm not listening to his voice, I'll go and say, well, let's take this money and let's go and build another building. Or, 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 or let's make sure that, that Aaron gets in your monitors or in your, in whatever. Whatever. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, because the worship team is selfish. They don't think about that. There's people. We need to build some stuff for the, for, for the people that are coming through. You know, no, no, not only you. Because when I said to you, okay, so here's the extra resources, the media team shouts up, no, 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 no. We need a new desk. No, no, no. Add more speakers. No, make it bigger here. It's they selfish. But when the Lord is your shepherd, the Lord is not telling me, look, I don't need food. But there's a time coming in the next couple of months, we better grow food for the people. Because things are coming that when he, we are pre he prepares you. He prepares you. What does it mean? Our culture is to prepare a table for the people in such a way that they have an excellent meal when they come home. Every part of our vision, our teaching, our training, our preaching is purposeful. We're building an ark because we know the rain is coming. That's preparing. We... Do we truly understand that, that we are prepared for the kind of enemy our generation is facing? There's an enemy coming to stand around at the table of our generation. Have we done enough as a church and as a people, I speak to all the leaders, the reason why we're building what we're building is because we are preparing a table so when our children sit at this table, they can tell the enemy of, of depression and suicide, you can go to hell because they're equipped with the right food to deal with that enemy. I need someone to shout and say amen. You keep on believing in a system and believing that the world's going to save you, and yet you know the jobs are coming to an end. You know that the world system is messed up and it's corrupt. When you come into the kingdom of God, we are not even preparing for tomorrow. We are preparing for the next 12 months and for the next 10 years because a trouble is coming to this generation, and the church was supposed to have the table prepared. Money management, time management, transport. Reading, low self-esteem, no money to manage. How do I work my gift? How do I become fruitful? You better get into the kingdom of God and understand that there's a culture going on and that you need to know how to operate in this kingdom because you have an enemy. And if you don't know how to address that enemy of business and money and health, you are in trouble. And yet when the Lord is your shepherd, you make sure that he prepares you. Pornography, social media, inferiority complex, economic opportunities, mental disorders. It's here. I'm getting inboxes around this stuff all the time. To prepare. Pre, before. Pa, course. Before you set course. For 2021, before you go into 2021, before you go into this next season, are you prepared to deal with whatever's coming? That's why he gives you, he prepares a table for you. Next slide, I need to move. Somebody needs to understand you need a fresh anointing this morning. Because the oil on your head you got in 1932 when you got saved, and it's dry and worn out and you're starting to look like mm. fresh oil for the new season. Because you have an enemy, 
but the enemy's got no answer for the anointing. When the anointing of God is upon my life, uh, I can walk into that agricultural field and I can say like Abraham, uh, this is real path. Uh, the Lord has made room for us uh, and we will be fruitful in this land. Uh, you can walk into business. Uh, you can say, Ronaldo, this is my season for construction also, but you don't have a construction certificate. But I have an anointing of God upon my life. Oh, but you never went to college. Oh, but I have an anointing upon my life. Oh, but I don't know how to deal with marriage. Oh, but I have an anointing upon my life. Shout, somebody say yes. You need a fresh anointing for the season you're coming in. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, you... Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Can I go back just one? Before your cup overflows. This anointing, it says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's an important scripture for you. Because if God can anoint not Jesus of heaven, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth is different to Jesus of heaven. Because he's making reference to the place he comes from. That means I can take somebody who doesn't think anything from where they come from, they land, and I can put anointing upon them, and they can deal with the enemy. So how God anointed Maxwell Holland from Cody. Now put your name in there. Put your hand on your head and say, God anoint my head with fresh oil. This anointing breaks the yoke, removes burdens. Come on. You put your name in there. How God anointed Sharon. How God anointed Pastor Zena. Come on, put your name in there. God must anoint you. If he's your shepherd, he will never leave you without the anointing. People must speak about the anointing upon your life. That made the ministry a blessing, not a burden. Anybody has got no anointing is a burden. And must be removed. If that guy's harassing you. We have a burden removing. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Don't become a burden to me. Tell your neighbor, don't become a burden to me. Because this anointing upon my life is going to remove you. Tell them. Tell them it's going to remove you. You need to know your gift. You need to know what you're anointed for. Let's move past. Overflow. You are blessed to be a blessing. God doesn't want you to have to be standing in a no queue. When you follow the culture of the kingdom of God and become fruitful, your life overflows. Everywhere you go, people are drinking from the saucer in your life because your cup is overflowing. Your cup is, come on, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed wherever you go. You can share with others. But, you, you know, it looks like you don't even have the right furniture. No, 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 no. You need, I can give you. Silver and gold I do not have, but that which I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, I have an anointing so strong upon my life that you are looking for money as a need, but the blessing upon my life is going to bring you into your destiny. There's going to be an overflow in my life that when you come around me and my family, you will experience blessing too. You're going to taste of the goodness of the Lord. There's a breakthrough for me, and my cup is overflowing. My children are seeing the goodness of the Lord. Because my cup overflows. Come on, somebody. Shout yes and amen. Ministry cannot be a burden. It must be a joy. You must serve the Lord with gladness. Here's my next slide. I've got to end. The worship team's coming up. Every day, I want you to think on this. Surely, you've got at least two angels following you. Goodness and mercy. All the days. Think on that. All the days of your life. Not some days. That means I can get a breakthrough every day. Today is a good day for a breakthrough. I see you. You're the one that the Lord is your shepherd. The rest is just a, this is the Savior. We are those that has Jesus as their shepherd. All the days. Say all the days. Not some days. 
God doesn't wake up. I mean, there's no night there, but He doesn't wake up on the, on the wrong side of the bed like you do. Oh, today I'm just not going to smile at anybody. No, every day is a miracle day. Every day is a good day with the Lord. Every day is a blessing from the Lord. Every day is looking at ways to bless you. Come on, put it in your spirit. Because some of you are waiting for December's bonus. Your bonus just came today. Don't miss it. Because the Lord is your shepherd. God's got 10,000 ways to bless you. You only need one this morning. Come on, somebody say, the Lord is my shepherd. Say every day. Let me end. Let me, let me wrap it up. And I will dwell in the house of the forever. For those that have been lying to yourselves, I don't need the church. I am the church. Just tells you about your rebellion. Because if you love the shepherd and he's leading you, he's going to lead you to a house that will take care of you. Not just for hatching, matching, and dispatching. You know what I'm talking about? Not just for baby dedications, weddings, and funerals. He's going to lead you to a place. Now, that's the separation between the goats and the sheep. Because the goats are rebellious. Always kicking against the plan of God. There's no house of the Lord in heaven. There's only one culture. You don't need a pastor in heaven. You don't need anything in heaven. On earth, He's given you shepherds after His own heart that will not skip the borders, but will stay with you and work with you and bring you to a place of total rest where you lack no good thing. Now clap your hands. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Please stand to your feet. You anointed. You have everything to make this, to walk in this life as a success. You, you're not a failure. You're not, you don't have a shopping list anymore before the Lord. Do this, do this, do this, do this. How about he becomes your shepherd this morning? This is for everybody. Not for some. Those that need to get saved. He is a savior to you. If you need to give your life to Jesus, today is a good day. Say, Lord, come into my heart. Give me a brand new start. I believe you died on the cross. Save me from my sin. Thank you for saving me. Wash me in your precious blood. Give me a brand new start. That is you being saved. And he gives you rest. Now, you need to find rest. And I'm speaking to the majority of the church globally. You have not found Jesus as your shepherd yet. And I want all of us, now listen to me. Don't you lie to the Lord this morning. Don't you lie to the Lord this morning. And say, I, 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 you are my shepherd. Don't you lie and you've never heard his voice. Don't you lie if he's never guided you. Don't you lie if you don't find satisfaction in your own house with peace. Don't, don't you lie if he can tell you don't read that book now. Don't go to that conference. Don't. If he can't direct your life, don't lie this morning. If he's never told you what to give, don't lie this morning. He told me to sow my house into this, into this vision. It was a tough one. Over a million rand. Sell my own house so I can invest it in here. You ask my wife how tough that was because it's her house. But the shepherd said I must do it. And while we're busy with the project, I said, God, I need money now to live, dig the foundations. The people have given for the tent and all is good. Now I need, I need finances to dig up here. We need, we, got the, we need to lay carpets and do a whole bunch of things. A pension. They came looking for me for after 30 years. Said, here's a pension due. 830,000. Took the 830,000, sold it. Because 
when the Lord is your shepherd, you don't own anything. I'm the biggest giver in this church. The biggest giver. You can't outgive me. Because the Lord is my shepherd. You need to ask yourself this morning, Lord, is, is the Lord really your shepherd this morning? And I want all hands to lift up this morning. Across the globe. From your time to your money. Your checkbook. What you study. Where you go. What you do. What you read. Your time in the morning. Your prayer, your intercession. Can the Holy Spirit impress you in your spirit to call someone, to encourage someone? Is the Lord your shepherd or are you going to a place of where you need to make a decision now that if I stay on this needs road, I'm going to end up in trouble. I need God to kill the things that I want so badly. The Bible spoke about this in the people that were in the, walking through the wilderness. Keep your hands up, I'm done. It says they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and God gave them what they wanted but he sent leanness into their soul you don't want that you want God to be the one that satisfies you you want everything about your life that God must satisfy you not chasing after people and things can we worship the Lord this morning the Lord is my shepherd Hands are lifted. Healing this morning. He goes before me. I want to have that house. Ask the Lord. Defender behind me. My Father, help us this morning. I won't fear. Father, help us this morning. I'm filled with anointing. I'm filled with anointing. Tell the Lord this morning. Forgive me, Lord. My cup's Say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me for pressing my own way, wanting it so badly. No weapon can harm me. Help me this morning, Lord. I won't, won't you surrender your life to Christ this morning? Across the globe, please lift your hands. You don't have to bribe anybody. He's my comfort, always holds me close. He's your shepherd, come on. He always guides me. He always guides me. Let him be your guide this morning. Lift your hands. Through mountains and valleys. We're repenting this morning, Lord. Forgive us. Restore every soul this morning. Restores my soul. tell you that if you don't, if you find a shepherd, I'm talking about a pastor that cannot lay his life down as Jesus laid his life down, I'm not on the cross 
But the demand on me as a shepherd is going to be to give not leftovers, your life for the sheep. Nothing was done here as a, somebody gave us a check or somebody's, God's helped and blessed us all along the way. I'm trying to help you know the difference between that it is fake and phony and that which is true. Shepherds. You will know it by their giving. Them laying their lives down for people. I'm just trying to help somebody across the globe because many of the sheep are scattered because they don't have a shepherd. May the Lord direct you to a house that will take care of you. In the name of Jesus, my time's up, but not yours. You have to still sow seed. May the Lord speak to your heart. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. God has been so good to us. You need to sit a while before you move anywhere. Just sit and say, Lord, now tell me what you want me to sow. And he'll tell you. Stop giving God what you think you need to give. Start giving what he's telling you to do. Led by his spirit. So there's no manipulation. So that you can give freely. Freely you've received. Freely you give. This is where the shepherd leads you. Listen to me. The first time I started tithing, it was hell. Because the enemy fought me. But it was the first time I started feeling the blessing move me. Tithing is not about you receiving anything back. It's about God giving you the power to fulfill your destiny. It's about God coming to sit on you and anoint you so I could break through from a place that had me bound with a salary I was so caught up with. He got me through that anointing to break through that thing and get me to my destiny. That's why you give. Because it's the, he says, I will pour out a blessing. It is the blessing that maketh rich, make rich and moves you into what God has got for you. So no enemy can stand before you. It's found in your money. It's found in your time. It's found in the house. So you can break the stagnancy over your life. The Lord bless you in your giving. Many of you have been generous across the globe. Father, thank you for increasing your sons and daughters. Thank you that you're restoring their souls. That stinginess will break from their lives. And a generous spirit will come as Jesus is. The very nature of the shepherd is a generous shepherd. We love you. Thank you, God, for blessing your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated for two minutes. My soul says yes, says yes, says yes. Staying with us, it's uh, I know we've gone over time again, 
God, I know that you've been blessed. Your soul is healed. May the Lord meet you at your point of need. He is your shepherd. You will go from strength to strength. You are blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Going out and coming in. You're rising up. You're sitting down. You're eating. You're sleeping. You're bathing. You're rest. You're holidaying. Whatever you're doing as unto the Lord. We love you. God bless you. Let's go rejoicing this morning. Can we praise the Lord and say yes?